Calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. We are back with another guest this week. We have our friend Beth Knaus, and she is a creative copywriter who creates content with and for creative solo professionals that honors their originality and nails their voice to the page so that they can stand out of the masses and into the spotlight where they can attract and work with the types of clients that they are excited about. From Norwood, Mass., she lives with her husband and cat, and she's a mom to three awesome young adults. When she's not writing, she loves to snowshoe, eat, read, travel, and laugh a lot. She doesn't snowshoe. I threw that in. But that is fun. You never know. Maybe next year. Welcome That's to right. the show, Beth. Thanks. It's so great to be here with you guys. I know we've been talking about this for a while. Yes, I know. Yeah. It is great to have you finally. So tell us sort of how you got started with this. Why did you pick this to focus on? And what kind of clients do you work with? I have like kind of a convoluted path to where <laughs> what I'm doing, which I think is like the average person. Although sure. I'm sure you guys find this. A lot of people around us are previously from corporate and I feel really fortunate that I never dipped my toe in the corporate world. Oh, so you're lucky. People are like corporate, corporate. I'm like, eh, I don't know anything about it. So I was in the beauty industry for 35 years and Ooh. I, uh, in a bunch of capacities, I owned a hair salon. I worked for a hair care company as an educator. I worked at trade shows so I did a bunch of different things, which was really cool. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, part of the beauty industry is knowing how to talk to people and make them feel good, right? About how they look and, you know, to explain like, how is that going to happen and everything else. And a lot of it's persuasive, it's sales, like most things. And I always wrote personally for myself. I've been in writing groups. I've had a couple of small things published here and there. And I also have um, a degree in small business management. So I always loved business. And when I moved to Boston, I was young. I don't know, like 21, 22. I opened a hair salon because I had that business background. So I know what it's like to run a business. And I kept writing personally and yada, yada. I get married. I get divorced. I get married again. My three kids leave. Love them. But good news. I'm on my own. <laughs> and um, I started to write part-time. I said to my husband, I said, I, you know, I really want to write and I'm going to start a business. And then when we downsize, I am not doing anyone's hair anymore ever again. Mm. I had done it at home for many years. It was very flexible. So we moved to this house that we're in now and um, I stopped doing people's hair and I started writing full time and it's been great ever since. And so I mainly work with entrepreneurs. Most of them are women, although I'm not limited to that. And I do work with a ton of coaches mm -hmm. and um, I do a lot of networking, women's groups and things like that. Mostly I do some other, you know, chamber of commerce, stuff like that, but that's where I find my people. And should I take a breath? Would you like to <laughs> keep going? Yeah. 
Because I could go. I could go. (laughs) I love that you were a hairdresser, worked in the cosmetology field, if you will, and then pivoted to writing. That's incredible. Mm. My sister's a hairdresser, and I feel like she feels like that's the only thing she can do. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's, we deal with a lot of stigmas, right? We grow up caught with a bunch of stuff. And so when I was first doing hair, it was, you know, like the early eighties when I started. Lots of hairspray. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Big hair, (laughs) big New York hair. hair. Um, (laughs) But we weren't, you know, hairdressers weren't, when I went to school, I, I went in high school to a program. And when I was there, you did that because you didn't necessarily have the capacity to be a lawyer or a doctor or anything else. And at the time I had a ton of friends going to like secretarial school and things. And, you know, I was always good at math. And my mother was like, Oh, be a, you know, be an accountant. I was like, I would rather die. Mm -hmm. Not that I love accountants. I mean, I need them. We all need them, but I don't want to be one. I would be bored to death because I have that creative thing going on. I came out and went to school, but most people were like, Oh, wait, you're a hairdresser and you went to college. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I have some brain cells. I actually have some brain cells. And so I think people were, we've been looked down on. It was crazy too. When I came into the beauty industry, it was a crazy time, eighties in New York. If you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause that was that time, but I was not that person. I always had kind of like that, I had that balance of that structured business piece and that creative piece, which is, you don't see that too often. Yeah, no, I don't you think really don't. So. <laughs> yeah, and I just I always loved advertising. I could watch commercials all day long. Really? Just like look at like what's working, what's not. Like, oh boy, they missed the mark there. Why did they say that? They could have said this. And yeah. And you get to sit now, even though you look like you're probably standing right now, but you get to sit more. Not that that's healthy, but you you know, as a hairdresser, you're always on your feet. So yeah. that's good. My body has never hurt me more than it does after the past two years. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, from sitting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, that's okay. We'll work That's through true. it. <laughs> so you have a you know a keen eye for marketing too with your love of commercials then. Yeah, yeah, and I love to be that person who comes up with like those quippy things like, you know, I it's like if I'm in a networking thing, like a Pepper Lane thing, I know you guys know what that is, wonderful networking mm-hmm. uh, mastermind group and I can't, you know, somebody can be like, oh, I need to name this program, I need to do this thing and you know, right away I'll be like, how about blah blah blah. And they're like are you shitting me? Did you just come up yeah, with that? Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, so what? You know, like, that's what I do. I did it yesterday. I was in a meeting with two other people and they were trying to name something. And I was like, well, call it this. Blah, blah, blah. And they were like, how did you just Maybe do that? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, big picture visionary. We yeah. need people, people like that. Are that's amazing and incredible. You get yeah. hung up on that, you know, so that's good. Yeah. 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 I'm always I'm, been imaginative and creative then. Yes, absolutely. And I'm always looking for like, God, I'm so sick of people using this word. What am I going to find that I can say instead? Or for instance, coaches, right? Mm-hmm. They call themselves coaches. There's really no other word that's yeah. as sufficient as that word for what they do. You know, you see people say, oh, I'm a consultant, but they always come back to coach. And then you have to be really definitive about the type of coach you are. Mm-hmm. And that's tricky because you don't want to say some crazy newfangled thing where people are like, oh, what the hell does that mean? Right. You know, it has right. to be clear to them. They have to understand it. it has to be that simple, you know, like sixth grade level thing, but it also has to say, oh, so that coach does this, but that coach does that. Right. Then you have to separate it out in your language. And I think it's really, really tricky. Yeah. So let's talk about that more because a lot of coaches do listen to this show. We, you know, we run in a lot of circles with coaches and like we talked about before, there are a lot of coaches because so many people can 
this is what they love to do. And how can they stand out? Because it's sort of the got to stay within these lines and this is what you should say and this is what you shouldn't say. So how do they sort of differentiate themselves from other people? Yeah. So hopefully they find someone like me who pushes them over the line (laughs) really is what it is because, Mm -hmm. and this is how I've explained it before. If we're all coaches and we have 10 coaches and everybody says, I help you master your mindset and up level your life. It's almost like putting a blindfold on the client. And what happens when we go to hire somebody, we go and hire an electrician, we pick three prices and then we say, okay, I'm going to pick the person in the middle. We don't say, gee, I really like this guy because the way he described the way the wires intertwine and blah, 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 blah. We don't pick that way. And then they leave people picking by price. And I don't think any of us want to only be chosen by price. Right. right? So, yeah. So it's, it it takes, you know, saying what is different about me? So, you know, people go into business and we rush, right? We come up with our we hire people, right? Sometimes we hire a branding person or whatever. And we're so caught up in the website and the marketing and all this stuff that we don't really take enough time initially to say, okay, what really are my values, right? Like sometimes people will be like kindness, patience. And really what they want to say is I'm not putting up with any shit. I'm not letting anybody else do it either. (laughs) Right, right? Right. And that's what I want. And sometimes that takes a little while, right? Like we, we start from this launching place and we have to say something but it's not necessarily the deep enough stuff. And Mm. people say, oh, I went to this school and, you know, I went to college for this. They don't go back that far. And I think that you really have to kind of look at your whole life, not that it's a therapy session or anything, but Mm -hmm. everything we experience, positive or negative, we learn a lesson from. And it's those lessons that give us skill, perspective, ability, experience. Those are the things that make you different. Right. Not that, oh, I got my coaching certificate here and I got my coaching certificate there. I mean, do people even look at that really? No. So I think you really need to look at yourself as a human holistically and say, what are my skills? Where did I learn them? What's my wisdom and my perspective that I can use to help other people? Hmm. And it's funny because for our audience members that don't know, we, Kelly and I have relocated during that process. I have done a lot of thinking about my life experience. I don't know what, because of going through things, purging and whatnot, but I've thought about things that have happened. I found my high school transcript. That's, I think what made me think of it. And I was like, wow, I wanted to be a lawyer when I graduated from high school. I couldn't be further from that now. Why did I want to be that then? And what changed? I know that is interesting, right? Because I'm not doing what I did. And, you know, when my, when my three kids were going to college and trying to decide what were they going to go for? I'm like, just pick something, pick something that you like, launch from there, get a base. You're not going to be doing the same thing. And that's okay. Like, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Okay. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, I started out as a travel agent and then worked for a telecommunications company. And now I'm doing launch planning. It's like, what? It's all over the place and never, this didn't even exist when I went to college. No, not at all. Well, and that's the thing, right? Yeah. Is that everything's evolving and you guys are so awesome at what you do. And why are you? You did these other things before you didn't do this before, but you built other skills and things along the way, right? Like I like to tell the story when I was younger, I worked in a retail store. I was like maybe, I don't know, 15 when you can first start to work. And it was a small little shop and it was owned by what I assume were like first generation folks, maybe from like Eastern Europe. And there's a little clothing store. 
And it just wasn't doing well. And they hired me to work there. And I loved it. I love going to work. I love, you know, fixing the racks and trying on the clothes and whatever. And they weren't doing well. And instead of coming to me and saying, we have to let you go, we're not doing well, which was probably a matter of pride, right? When you think of people who make this journey here and they hope that they're going to make a life, they accused me of stealing. (gasps) And I was so heartbroken because I hadn't. And it was the the husband. Oh, no. Of course it was. And and I was so devastated because I knew I had been honest. And I think, you know, the concept of honest and integrity was instilled in me in that moment of how important that was to me. And, you know, about not letting your pride get in the way of like being honest with somebody, right? It's a vulnerable position. You have a business. You don't know if it's going to succeed and whatever. So we all have like these nuggets along the way that, yeah, was it traumatic? Yeah. Did I feel bad about myself? Yeah. But today I can look back and say, I learned a lot about honesty and integrity that day. And that's why I have it in my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's a piece that's worth sharing with other people, right? People want relatable stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Like, And I feel like the last two years has ripped the curtain away from the, the wizard of all, if you will. And everyone's trying to be more vulnerable and, and honest. And I guess, h- how do you sort of guide your clients to get to that point where it's like, all right, just strip away all the bullshit. And because not everybody is successful and not every coach is successful from the gate and, or continuously successful. We all have our ups and downs. We, we just talked about this with our business coach in, in the community that we're in. And it's, it's, you know, someone had posted that they had had a, a, such a shitty day where three clients came to them. And that one was like, we need to stop working together. Another one was like, you messed something up, which she probably didn't. Or if she did, I mean, it's sort of like your situation where it was like, well, you stole something. So now I have to step back. It's like, just tell me that things are, are going rough and, you know, I'll get, I'll I'll get it. I respect that more than, you know, you screwed something up, but like, I think business owners want to see that their coaches are, have had some failures and also, can grow and evolve over time as well. And they're not just staying the same every single year or quarter or whatever. Right. I think that's a great point because I think there are people out there that want to be like, well, I'm an expert and I've had this education Mm -hmm. and I have this thing. No, what we want to know is that you have been in the trenches like me, you have had this experience and you have persevered. And now you're going to tell me how to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. So we want to know where was the struggle for you? What made you see the light and figure out what you had to do to overcome that stuff and to continue to overcome, right? Because we're always continually overcoming, right? Coaches are always evolving. You know, if you're doing it right, you're always changing and evolving and learning. So yeah, yeah, I just try to get people to be a little bit more relatable. And there's that fear of, am I being professional enough? And it's like, I don't know that that's what people are looking for first. They're looking to see, do I relate to you? Right. So that whole concept of being in the masses and how do you get in the spotlight and do that comfortably is that, you know, we always want to belong and we want to belong and we want to, you know, be the same as everybody else. No one wants to be the weirdo or say what they shouldn't say or what's uncomfortable. And so they're like, I'm over here with the cheerleaders. We all wear the same outfit. We all have the same eyeshadow and no one can see me in here, but it's really safe and comfortable. Yeah. Right. But if you want to stand out so people know you're not just a cheerleader, then you have to step in the spotlight and say, Hey, here's what's different about me. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
nowadays, like you said about people with feeling vulnerable in the past two years, there's also this whole thing of, I don't even like to say it out loud, the whole cancel culture thing. And it's like, you have to say something pretty crappy to be canceled. Right. And, yeah. and I think that in people's minds are like, oh my gosh, if I say that I like blue and not red, I'm going to be canceled. And it's just over-exaggerated. But at the same time, there's a middle ground where if you start to say specific things about yourself, yeah, there are going to be people who are going to be like, oh, I don't go with that vibe or whatever. Great. Get out of Perfect. the way of the people yes. that do and let them get to the front of the crowd so they can hear me because I can help them. You know, so much of it's confidence, right? So much of it is also clarity and putting that time in to get clear. Do you think a lot of it could be our, I don't know, I know that you are, you grew up in New York, but do you think a lot of it is like Northeastern puritanical roots? Like we are so like locked down, you know, that people don't want to share their true selves, that they're nervous to be, to say who and be who they are. Cause like, I feel like for myself and that I'm If one-on-one, I'll be my true authentic self, but I don't really want to share too much. I think the tricky spot is that, you know, if we are going to talk about these things we learned along the way, there's this fine line between talking about a difficult situation you endured in a way that makes people feel bad, right? Instead of talking about what you learned afterwards when it was over. And I think when it's something close to you, right, it's hard to separate the two things, right? Which again, takes some time, write it out, journal it. People like, oh my God, if one more person tells me to journal and I am not (laughs) a chronic journaler by any means, but I do know the value of like writing something down. And my dad always taught me about like facts and feelings. Like something can happen. You can have this emotion about stuff and that's great. Feel it out but then move it over because then you just have to deal with the issue. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really being able to address both, but separating them out and um, being more strategic about the piece that you're sharing. Cause you want to share the helping piece and you don't want people to hire you because they feel bad. Cause that's a one-off. Yes. Right. Cause if we all go out and we say, I'm going to hire that person, I want to help them and support them. You want to do that to a couple of people. So maybe you'll do it for that person once and for somebody else and then for somebody else. Whereas what we really want is to build lasting relationships with, with clients as long as we're suited for each other. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how do you work with your clients specifically? Like, is it a coaching program? Is it services? Like, how do you actually roll so, these, <laughs> the thing? Yeah. So that's really interesting because. One of the things I say is that everybody's coaching today, right? If you're an entrepreneur and you're working with other entrepreneurs, we're all coaching in our expertise. I don't, I, I don't ever want to use the word coach for myself, but I do do it, right? It's part of my job. So there's really three things that we can do. So I, obviously I can do the writing for people. And um, what I'll do is, you know, like I'll do an initial interview, right? Once we sign on, we know we're going to work together. There's a questionnaire that most people probably want to stab themselves in the eye by the time they're done. (laughs) And then I'll look through it. I'll say, what questions do I have? I do a little research and then we meet. And one of the best things for me is to have a Zoom meeting because I want to see what's your energy like? Do you have a sense of humor? You know, are you uh, more formal, you know, or serious? 
what's your hair look like? How are you dressed? <laughs> you know, I can learn so much. Yeah. People's mannerisms. As a former hairdresser, you need to know these things. Absolutely. Because it's all about your energy and you don't want to have one energy. And then people read your copy and go, wait, wait, this is you. right. Makes no sense. And yeah. I, I'm yeah. working with a client now who's like, you know, I had this great copy done. It's really great. But like people read it and they're like, and I didn't realize that was your website because it just didn't really match her personality. Yeah. And mm. um, so that's, that's interesting where that comes in. And, you know, sometimes people like I have a brand messaging questionnaire that I use when people need some help with, you know, mission, vision, values, and that sort of stuff. I had a woman recently, she was a coach and she filled it out and I went through it, you know, I highlighted all these words and I wrote the website copy. She was like, I, where did you get this? How did this, I'm like, she's like, I just like vomited in this questionnaire. And I'm like, yeah, I, and you, but you said some stuff, you know, and I had that interview where I could also see you. Right. So there's a little bit of that visual piece that helps with it also. So anyway, so I can write for them and that's the process and how we start. And then I just keep asking questions if I need more info. Uh, I do offer some really great one-on-one sessions, like 60 or 90 minutes. And there's so many people who want to be involved in their content, but they also understand it's not their expertise and they need someone's help, right? Another set of eyes, someone who's a layman on the outside of what they do, which I think is so key because we all think that everybody understands what we understand about what we do. And that's not the case. Right. Um, The people who need us don't understand. So uh, people buy like one or three of those. It's also a little more economical than Mm -hmm. paying for full out like website copy. And I also sell those sessions to designers because like graphic designers, you ask them, what's your biggest problem with website uh, design? I'm waiting for my client's copy all the time. And then they have this beautifully professionally done website and the content's kind of mediocre in comparison, you know, and then you don't know it, but if you go to a site like that, you'd be like, this is so beautiful, but this language is Meshuggah. Like, yeah. (laughs) And it just doesn't blend. Right. It's like under the surface thing, but it just doesn't blend. And um, the third thing is I have retainers. Like, so for people who don't need a whole big job, they still want me to do it. And they don't want to do the one-on-one They do retainers. So I think I am going to have some workshops and things coming up in the future because about the creativity thing, I just kind of like my, my baby right now is that people don't understand what creativity is. They'll say, Oh, I'm not creative because, you know, like Aunt Sally, when I was eight said, oh, God, you can't color to save your life. Like you're good at numbers. Do something with math. (laughs) And you walk through your life thinking you're not creative. And it's like creativity is the base of everything. Like Everything is created. Right. Your breakfast is created. Somebody's creating it. Ideas, problem solving, like all of it, all the things you need in business are based in in creativity. So I love that you said that because to me, like creativity is like you're a hairdresser, you're a flower shop owner, or, you know, you design gift baskets or things like that. I would never think that, you know, problem solving or project management or any of those things were were creative. So uh, to all you audience members, you have a creative bone in your body. Yeah. Take it back to like kindergarten and like Play-Doh and you just need to sit down, cross your legs and play. Right. Absolutely. And it's interesting. We talk about it a lot in my house because my son, he's a pre-med student. He's hoping to go to medical school. And so he's very much like that typical, like analytical science, medical minded person. And he tells me all the time, he's like, mom, science is definitely a creative thing, you know, solving all of these things and whatever. And um, we have some really great discussions about it because people, you know, we put things in boxes. Oh, here are the creative things. Here are the analytical things. It's like they never touch. And it's like they don't exist without each other really. Yeah. 
And the other thing about that is, you know, people do all, we do all these administrative tasks, right? Emails and, you know, bookkeeping and whatever work that we're doing. And then we're like, oh, um, it's two o'clock. I'm going to write my copy now. And then we want the cup to runneth over of creative thought leadership. And it's like, that's a different hat. Like you have to make this kind of like little mindset shift, like move to another space, light a candle, get some tea, you know, get your blankie on the couch, whatever it is. So you, you train yourself to be like, oh, this is my creative space and time. I'm not mm. doing administrative stuff. You know, it's like if you can't sleep at night, you set up your sleeping space so that you, you're you telling your mind and your body it's only a place for sleep. Yeah. Right. No TV, no screens, good temperature, you know, dark room, all that sort of stuff. Because when, when you walk in, your body goes, oh, I'm your brain tells you it's time to sleep. It's the same thing with, you know, changing the type of writing that you're doing, doing creative writing, tell your brain it's time for creativity. Mm, I like that. I really like that too. You're setting some ambiance for your creative. I like that. Yeah. Any other burning questions, Melissa? I know you um, probably. I I was going to, you know, I think we might've already covered this, but like some of the mistakes that people are making when it comes to their copywriting um, would be not setting up space for creativity or you know, not being transparent. But is there anything else you'd like to add to that? So I will say two quick things about that, as if we all think I'm going to say anything quick. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I will be quick about this. The first thing is many times people want to put too much information there. Mm. And you got what now? Three, five, seven seconds at best to capture somebody on that homepage. You know, they can't read all of that. They're not reading all of it. And they may be overwhelmed and leave. And the other thing is there are ways to spread out information in the website so you can keep that information. It doesn't have to be on the homepage. Then the second thing is, you know, people are really caught up in SEO. And I think that it's extremely important. You need to have it. But because it's something, if people don't understand it and they don't know about it, they just keep hearing, oh my God, I need to have this thing that I don't know how to make happen. It's just how people get to you the first time. What are you saying and writing to bring them back? Mm. Right. What do your blogs say? What are your, you know, what are you putting up there? Are you sharing good testimonials? Are you, you know, is your about page engaging? So people are like, oh, I like this person. They're really cool. Or it's not only about the SEO. It's about bringing them back after the SEO leads them to you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just think SEO is the back end, the framework of the website, when really it's everything, everything you write. Yeah. Mm-hmm gonna yeah. is gonna act as SEO, you know, like you said, blog, blogs, social media, your about page, all of that. Everything like, that goes out into the interwebs. Yeah. The damn and interwebs. I, yeah. And one more thing, like you said this like probably 20 minutes ago about like sixth grade level. Do you feel like your copy needs to be written at, at like a sixth grade level for people to like engage? Oh. You know, that's generally what they say. And there's a part of me that's like, well, is that really fair? Like to say that now. Well, and that's it. I had this conversation the other day, you know, sixth grade me. Right. Grader today. (laughs) That's why they have a show like, you know, are you as smart as a fifth grader? Because we're not. No, no. Because their learning level at, you know, sixth grade now is much higher. So that's present day sixth grader versus, you know, <laughs> 80s, sixth grader. right, yeah. exactly. So I don't, but I do think that sometimes people have to be careful with their terminology. They want to use like industry specific words yeah. and tech, you know, and, and uh, terms. 
And that's when people come and they're like, oh, I don't, is this where I should be? Because I don't understand this lingo. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's funny because I, uh, a client was using a word and the project manager was like, I wouldn't use that word. It's too high level, but it was, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder if it was, but tread a very fine line. Mm. You know? Yeah. Everything is balanced, right? You yeah. can have a couple of those words and then you got to have some other words people recognize, right? You can say a couple of bold things and then you got to say something familiar. It's all about, I talk a lot about the recipes of, you know, the different elements that go into it and it's always a balance, always a moderation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause now Susie might know the word, but Sally doesn't. So. Right. Right. Different. For Sally, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is an important question where you are a, an ex New Yorker, you know, you'll always be a New Yorker. I know, but I mean, Mets, Yankees, Red Sox, waiting <laughs> land. So I have to tell you, I'm going to give you the most disappointing answer. I don't watch baseball. I don't really, I'm not into <laughs> sports. I mean, and you know, I think part of it is, well, actually I had, I have two daughters. They didn't really, um, they played a little bit of sports, but my son was like hardcore basketball uh, for yeah. a long time. So we spent a lot of time in that basketball arena. So I was into that for a little bit. And of course, rooted for the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, um, but I like to go to live games and if yeah. I go to a live game here, of course I'm cheering for new England teams. Yeah. All um, right. That's I, acceptable. It yeah. Is well, acceptable. and I'll tell you the other thing. So my husband is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Is he? <gasps> oh my. Yeah. He doesn't like the Patriots? That's <laughs> tough. He yeah. does, but he's yeah. also, you know, kind of loyal to the Eagles. Yeah. We have friends we watch the Patriots games with, and I'm all about the food. I'm like, where's the food yeah, and the wine? And where are about. the commercials? Where are Right. The commercials? You and your commercials. Now I'm going to think of you every time I fast forward through a commercial. I'm going to be like, Beth's watching this right now, and she's loving every second. Yeah. But, you know, for the big games, I will watch the commercials because you kind of have to. It's yeah. all about it, right? Look at the yeah. money people spend. It's crazy. Seriously. Seriously. That's a whole different episode. That's a whole. That's day. right. When I come yeah. back. Yes. Yes. Back, we'll Marketing at the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> with Beth Knauss. Mm-hmm. So where can people find you? Where's the Where do you hang out? I know you're on Facebook. So but like where if people are like, yeah, I need to hear what she's putting out. So yeah, I do. Have, I do have a Facebook page. It's that's a spade. And I'm on LinkedIn also as that's a spade, not LinkedIn. I say this every time I screw it up. It's Instagram. That's also that's a spade. Yep. And on LinkedIn, I am Beth Knaus and I have a website, www.thatsaspade.com. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, I highly uh, enjoyed this episode and I, I think people will pull a lot from it. You know, we don't have to be cookie cutter and make sure you get your actual message out there so people know what sets you apart from other people. It's important. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. And happy to talk, hop on a, you know, an intro call with anybody to talk about that. So awesome. And that you would get a great deal of information from Beth Knauss on an intro. Yes. Thank you, ladies. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, for joining us and uh, schooling us on some things, all things copywriting. When something else comes up, we'll get you back here. And when we go snowshoeing. Yes. After our snowshoeing. Yes. (laughs) Which let's hope after this weekend, there is no more snow in that spring. We can just go walk in the woods together. How about that? I would love that. Mm -hmm. And then have cookies after. Totally. Okay. For sure. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find us at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and the old LinkedIn. And join our Facebook group, the Business Managers Podcast on Facebook. And we'll see you next week. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at mergioenterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.